is the Louis Bellina Show, our final hour together on a Thursday. This is the Louis Bellina Show, presented by BB Automotive and Superior Auto Service. Thursdays, right out of the box. 1000 to 1. It's not 0030. That makes no sense. 1 to 130, we head out to the Smoothie King. Hotline, Rusty Burson. He is an Aggie historian. Athletics, football, all athletics. The university itself, but maybe even as much so, he is, from when he was a wee lad, knee-high to cricket. He was a Texas Rangers fan. And last night, it, it it's over. The Texas Rangers won their first ever Third time is the charm. World Series championship. Rusty, have you been to sleep yet? I have been to sleep, but I might uh, admit that I might have a little bit of a hangover. Um, I did go out to the Angry Elephant last night and met up with my good friend Olin Buchanan. And uh, we, my wife, Olin, uh, this uh, young, my daughter's former roommate who's living with us now, and we made her a Rangers fan. So we went out last night. We had a good time, and I spent uh, way too much money on Rangers championship gear here this morning. So anyway, it's been a good day. Okay, when the Cubs won the World Series, I made the mistake of going online uh, to, to purchase my goodies like the morning after. And, okay, I love what I have, but I spent way more than I planned to. You know the big W? It covers one wall in my office. Because oh, I yeah. bought that huge, yeah, wall-covering W. When the Astros won their World Series, I went online, and that one, it got out of hand. I looked at the final tally, and it was funny, too, and I went, eh, I'll just pick up some more talent. I'll, I'll work harder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I, I, I thought about this yesterday, because I really did feel like, even yesterday afternoon, that last night was going to be the night. And so I kind of put my thoughts together, and I'm just going to read to you what I put on Facebook. Uh, it's 15 hours ago, right after the game. Tonight is the single best sports night of my life. Tonight is what I've dreamed about since I was five years old and attended my first Texas Rangers game with my father in Old Arlington Stadium. Tonight is why I worked every summer at the Old Arlington Stadium from the time I could drive, 1984, until the time I graduated college, 1990. Tonight is why I've taken my family to so many Rangers games in so many ballparks, cities, and states. Tonight is unforgettable, unbelievable, indescribable, because tonight my team, the team I have loved longer and more passionately than any other sports team at any other level, is finally world champions. I love this game. I love this team. I love this moment. I love the 2023 Texas Rangers. So that was kind of summed it all up. True sports fan. That. I mean, that's what I, you're all, you've always been. You're a true sports fan, and that's that's all I heard. That's... The words of someone who eats, sleeps, breathes, and lives it. A, a true sports fan. And the Rangers, I'll tell you, there's so many things about this. Not only did the Rangers win the World Series, but how many records did they destroy? How many first time, 11 straight, etc.? I mean, they didn't just win it. They didn't just sneak in there and get lucky. The Rangers owned it. They were the dominant team in their series. I mean, they won the World Series four games to one. And they just did it in this style. Again, record-setting style. You know, Lou, I think the biggest hurdle they had to clear in the playoffs was the Astros because the Astros had owned them. And, you know, it's in the same state. And, it's the, you know, the Rangers had looked up to the Astros for so long. And so once I 
felt like they cleared that hurdle. I mean, I was a little surprised, you know, because easily Arizona could have been up 2-0 um, in two games in Arlington. Um, so I was a little surprised with how the Rangers just went to Arizona and just dominated. Um, but the thing is, that's been them all year long, and we've talked about it. Whenever they look like they're up against it or out of it, somebody steps forward. And I would have never imagined the guys that stepped forward. Now, Avaldi last night, he didn't surprise me at all. Ben, but don't break. And, but the guys at other times, Andrew Heaney, Dane Dunning, Cody Bradford, who had Josh Bores with a sub-1 ERA, and he pitched just about every game. And so, I mean, it, it's just the other guys who stepped up, it was pretty unbelievable. So I do want to share this. You know, you talked about your Facebook post, but – and for me, I'm not a Rangers fan, but I've rooted for the Rangers to win the World Series because I have so many friends that are. And, and I am community. I am friends first. So sure. now I hope you'll never win one again to World Cup. <laughs> gotcha, okay? gotcha. Yeah, so, I, I can live with that, brother. And, and, and here's a couple other. G. Guerrero uh, sent out a tweet on X. Wow! Exclamation mark. Rangers moved to Arlington same year. My family transplanted to Texas. Been a tortured Ranger fan ever since and never really thought this day would come. Wow. Chip Howard, who actually, you know, tweets on X about twice every 10 years, um, put out a tweet. He, he, Him and I had talked. He bought a bottle of champagne. Yeah, I saw that. He yeah. texted me that last night. Yeah. yeah. And, and, he, he, and he doesn't tweet. If it's not Chip Howard Sports Talk, he doesn't really tweet. Or fishing, sorry. Anything outdoors. <laughs> but he tweeted out that photo of him popping the champagne. And, I mean, I'm telling you, like, how ecstatic I am. Not that the Rangers won, but my friends are having uh, their moment. Yeah, I was I was happy for a lot of my Astros friends in 2017. And I was the same way. Now, you got it, so I'm not going to ever root for you again. But I'm happy for you all, you know, because... <laughs> I know how 2011 just hung with me for forever, and last night the this team put it you know put it into it. So you know 2011 now it, it's not going to hurt nearly as bad. Um, I'm going to let it go. Do you think that Bruce Bochy should have a statue right now? Like why isn't it done yet in front mm-hmm. of the park? Absolutely, and you know I mean. There's a lot of statues out there, and there's a lot of great moments. You know, Neftali Feliz and, and uh, you know, jumping in the arms of the catcher mm. um, in 2010 after finally, you know, beat the Yankees for the first time in the playoffs after losing to the Yankees in the playoffs three other times. And so, yeah, Bruce Bochy, I mean, what a great hire. Um, he put that team at ease, and, you know, I mean – you look at Corey Seager and what he did, and that guy just refuses to say anything about himself. You know, it's just like he's a two-time MVP. There's only three other players ever to do that. And, you know, he was being interviewed last night. It was like, well, you know, just proud to be part of these guys. And he's just so robotic, <laughs> and he's just, he's just clutch. I mean, I, I saw the stats, you know, that, He's very similar to Reggie Jackson. Now, you know, he did it at different stages because, you know, back then there was only two rounds of the playoffs, right? It was, mm-hmm. You won the East and you played, you know, guess who won, who won the West. And so it was the AL Championship Series and the World Series. And now, you know, 
Corps Seeker's got a lot more levels to go through. Uh, so it's different, but, you know, it's got a chance to be Mr. October if this team can, you know, continue to build. So I'm going to share some factoids. I'm going to kind of read them as a grouping so that you can, uh, you know, comment upon them. You mentioned mm-hmm. Corey Seager. He is the World Series MVP. There's only two players in history that have won the World Series MVP with two different teams. Only two players have done it. Seager, Dodgers, Rangers. Do you know the other player? Yeah, Reggie Jackson. Yep, Athletics and the Yankees. Right. I think, I I understand that Seager's the World Series MVP. I think the playoff MVP is Adolis Garcia. He carried this team at times. Without him, it doesn't matter what Corey Seager does, to be fair. No, they don't don't make it. They don't make it. They don't get past Houston. I I think, maybe I'm focusing on moments more than bat, 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 performance, but... The playoff MVP is MVP is Adolis Garcia, even if Corey Seager is the World Series MVP. Yeah, I mean that's fair, but you you, you look back and they don't get here without Adolis. What he did against Houston, there's no way. No, I mean that was that was he personal. Carried them. He carried them, and you know I've said a lot to a lot of my friends, their Astros friends, uh, for whatever reason, Adolis is at his best when he plays Houston, and you know that's. Because he hates them. He hates Maldonado. Like with Maldonado gone going into next year, he might not hate the Astros anymore. Yeah, he and Maldonado do have a little uh, uh, a little relationship, don't they? A relationship. Yeah, yeah. they do beers together and, and sandwiches. Uh, no, yeah, definitely not. Yeah. Not at all. The Rangers, well, it, it's over now. They could maybe next year extend this, but... They were 11 and 0. They won 11 consecutive road games in the MLB playoffs. That is the most all time by two games, and it's still counting because they can win more next year. Bruce Bochy won his fourth World Series title with the Rangers. Fourth World Series title, and it's amazing. On July 19, 1978, Bruce Bochy made his major league debut at the Houston Astros. Bochy's player career. Parts of nine years, he batted like 239 over 358. He was just a run-of-the-mill journeyman backup catcher. Then he decides to manage. And now here he is, again, fourth World Series ring. And it's all like, no, with three different teams. Let me share Bochy's accolades. He won one of the two San Diego all-time rings. He's won the only three in San Francisco history, and now he's won the only one in Texas Rangers history. So to be clear, Bochy has done this with teams that have no history of success in the World Series. Bruce Bochy's joined Joe Torre and Walter Aston with with four World Series rings. The only ones that have more, if you want to talk about Mount Rushmore, Casey Stengel, Joe McCarthy, and Connie Mack are the only three managers that have more. And finally... And we know this. He's 6-0 all-time in winner-take-all games. And he's now won 14 elimination games. And he's fifth all-time in uh, playoff victories. But he's done it with a 600 win percentage. He hasn't done it by just volume, but actual by win percentage, too. It's pretty amazing. You know, it's, uh, he won that first one with the Giants on November 1st, 2010. So it was 13 years to the day. And, of course, he did that in Arlington and because uh, the, the the Giants took the, the Rangers uh, four games to one in 2010. So I think, think it was kind of ironic that uh, 
you know, he broke the Rangers' hearts uh, on November first, two thousand ten, and he he did something that most Ranger fans never thought they'd ever see. Uh, Thirteen years to the day later, it's just unbelievable. Again, his whole resume and the fact that he debuted as a player with the Astros kind of brought a what the to my face. Continuing various accolades, Will Smith, who every Ranger fans cringes when I say his name, uh, made history. He has won three consecutive rings with three different teams in the past three years. Braves, 21. Astros, 22. And the Rangers in 23. He threw two-thirds of an inning in game one and four of the World Series. He's won three straight teams with three different, three straight rings with three different teams. I don't care how people feel about him. That's trivia. That'll win you like a free pizza someday at a bar. Yeah, and I tell you what, he, he's done it, and these teams have, can't wait to get rid of him by the time he's done. Because a lot of my Astro fans who were just uh, texting me when he gave up so many of those leads against the Astros, it's like, yep, same Will Smith. I don't know if you remember that game that uh, was right around the 4th of July that uh, the Astros, there was up in Arlington, the day yes. game. The Astros jump up. I want to say it was 10 to 1 at one time. Uh, the Rangers come back and they take an 11 10 lead, and Smith blows it. Uh, and it's just, that was so typical. And, uh, you know, he only played in one game in the World Series, I think. And, of course, he was not very good. Uh, the Rangers had an 11 1 lead at that time, and Will did his best to. to you know, make it a close game. So I will not be sad. I'm happy for Will Smith. Happy he gets a ring for the third straight year. I don't want to see him back in a Rangers uniform. Wow. World Series after day, and you're already booting people from the team. I got just a couple more, because I love these. They, they, for me, this is perspective, right? <laughs> Debuting in 1961 as the Washington Senators, the Rangers were were past tense. They did it. Were the oldest active MLB, NBA, NFL, NHL, the four big majors, but the oldest franchise that had never won a championship. Now, the team that has that distinction is the Minnesota Vikings, but I didn't know that going in. I didn't know that the Washington, Texas Senator Rangers were the oldest in all of the four major pro, you know, sports in America, the longest without a title. Yeah, it's kind of amazing. You know, I don't count the years in Washington. I, I mean, I know that's part of their organization and the history. Um, but, you know, I mean, to me, the Texas Rangers started in 1972. Um, so, yeah, I know it's 63 years overall, but it's really, to me, the, the 53 years. And, and uh, I've lived and died with it, you know, for most of those years, for sure. The Rangers are the first team to win a World Series game despite having no hits and no runs through six innings. The Rangers are the first team in MLB history to finish plus 25 games under 500 one year and then win the World Series the next. And I think for all Ranger fans, any World Series is going to be special and magical. Having it come out of nowhere, having it come after back-to-back, you know, 100 lost seasons. I think it adds a level of special. For me, the first Astros World Series, when they beat the entire history, Boston, New York, and L.A. of baseball, added an extra level after the motion wore off. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt, Lou. This will always be the most special to me, no matter what happens. 
Um, no one saw this coming. There's no way you could possibly see this coming. Um, I don't know if you saw the text that I I had sent to you, um, but there's a little uh, thing going around right now. It says, uh, it spells out R-O-A-D. Oh, yeah. I saw that. Rays, Orioles, Astros, Diamondbacks. They road. won every single game on the road. Unbelievable. And, um, it, yeah, just for this team, I thought, and I, I told you, start of the year, I thought this team could be a playoff team, but I thought it would be a wild-card team that didn't do anything. And uh, it's just the opposite. You know what I mean? This team, you know, unbelievable out of the gate. Then they hit the skids, and then, you know, they, they lose the division on the last day of the season, which turns out to be a great thing because who had the Rangers going 11-0 on the road? I mean, I just it's, it baffles my mind. I'm still, you know, woke up this morning thinking, God, that's really happened. That really happened. And it's just bizarre. I'm I'm a little uh, overwhelmed. I su- I suppose be the right way to, word to say. I figured you woke up this morning and said, "Hey, does Olin still have my credit card?" And then you went, "Oh yeah," and the Rangers won the World Series. I, that that's just kind of I thought would be the sequence. Uh, I woke up this morning, checked my my bank account because I think I paid for way too many drinks last night. But uh, that's that's beside the point. Oh, uh, let's grab a quick timeout, come back. Little more Rangers talk about Animal Mess. Let's do it. Outstanding. Rusty Burson, Aggie historian. Rusty Burson, a true Rangers fan. He hooks up with me. We get to hang out each and every Thursday. He's on the Smoothie King hotline. The Louis Bolina Show. I'm inside the Charles Schwab studio. It's still Thursday, right? Charles Schwab. Local, Mark Sim, right here in College Station. Charles Schwab, being local means who cares about New York, L.A. or model cities. Mark lives here, sleeps, eats, breathes, dines, and you can shake his hand, look him in the eye. We're talking about, you know, your money. We're talking about your future, your plans, your investments more. Yeah, I'd rather sit in the office with him than call a, you know, call center. I say halfway across the world, yeah. But even if it's just New York, L.A., it's the same people just reading off the script. Nope. I want help. That's what Mark Sim will do for you. Look him up online, schwab.com slash college station. We welcome back in. We get to hang out more with Rusty Burson, Aggie historian, true Texas Rangers fan. Are you going to make your way to Arlington for the parade tomorrow? Uh, yes, I am. Yes. Yes, I am. I My wife was saying, hey, we need to go. And I was like, no. Okay, fine. We'll go. Yeah, she really twisted your arm, it sounded like. like yep. You said no, she said yes, and you said yes. That, that was about 10 seconds? Yep, about about 10 seconds. So, Should yeah. Creed play oh, that'd be or awesome. have their own floater? At least Scott Stapp be there for photos. Yeah, that would be so awesome. I mean, you know, the Rangers have put Creed back on the map. I mean, Creed has been off the, uh, the, the radio map for, I mean, years, right? But uh, the Rangers have brought him back, and... Uh, that's uh, that was Andrew Heaney's thing, and so uh, yeah, I, it's it's been a lot of fun. It is. It's little things like that that help maybe emphasize. Not wrong word. Highlight something special is going on. <laughs> you know, yeah. something really special is going on here. Uh, one last Rangers. I took a look, and this is just how my mind works. At the first way, way, way too early 2024 baseball power rankings. 
Where do you think the Rangers fit into that? I saw their odds Vegas wise. They had the fourth best odds. Is that about right? I think the Braves two. had they were two in the okay. way, way, way too early, you know, power rankings. They were two, and I know a lot of people are gonna ask. The Houston Astros were five. So it's the Rangers two, Astros five, and it's called way, way, way too early for a reason. We got winter meetings, we have free agency, we have retirements. Astros don't even know who their manager is. It should have been a spotter, but you have an owner that's rejecting everything that he didn't think of. So anyway, point being, number two. Yeah, that that's, that sounds about right, and it's behind the Braves, I guess, right? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And well, and that's that's baseball for you because the Atlanta Braves were the best team all year long. Um, but how many times have we said it? It's not the the best team. Doesn't, doesn't always win, and as a matter of fact, it's rare to see the best team win in baseball because it's almost always a team that catches fire at the right time, and the Rangers played their best baseball in October. It's uh, rare now because you have four rounds. of You can have potentially exactly. four rounds, and I don't care it's best of five, best of three, best of seven, seven. It's four rounds, and mm-hmm. you just can't have one bad round. That's not you, about the best team. Right. You can't have You can't have three bad days in a row if you're in a five-game series. I mean, that's it. You know, and how many teams? Every team loses three in a row during the regular season, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and so, you can lose your last one at home, first two on the road in a playoff series. You're down 3-1 in the series. You're done. Yeah, you're done. And so uh, the fact that the Rangers could go on the road to beat the Rays, who had the best home record in baseball, to beat the Orioles, who had the best record in the American League, to beat the Astros, who were the – defending world champions and, and the nemesis of the Rangers. And then, you know, to do three in a row after losing a ugly game two, uh, to go three in a row in Arizona, it's just, it's mind-boggling. It's like 11-0 and on the road. It's just, it's crazy. Yeah. It, it, we're thinking of the next year, the way, way, way too early. And something that fascinates me, where do the Rangers go from here? They have a lot of parts that'll be aging. I mean, it's all pitching. Every every conversation point actually is pitching. You don't, you can't, you have no clue about the health of uh, Scherzer or DeGrom. Even when they hit the mound, you have no clue. Do they have the money to buy a bullpen while they actually still need to shore up starters because you don't know the starters? I mean, they're in a very interesting position right now due to the youth of like Young and Carter. They have more money than they should with their offense. Uh, where do the Rangers go? Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see, Lou, because I think that they got to put their uh, their resources in rebuilding the bullpen. Um, as I mentioned to you, I don't think uh, Will Smith is coming back, and no. I, I would not resign Aroldis Chapman. Uh, both of those guys make me very, very nervous. Uh, Leclerc pitched really, really well. Spores, except for one little you know stint during the regular season when he was hurt. Um, Pitched really well. Uh, Chris Stratton not coming back. He was terrible uh, in the postseason. So they've got some pieces they've got to rebuild. Uh, I'm intrigued by you know some of the younger guys that have. Cody Bradford was was really really good um, in the postseason. Uh, Brock Burke was up and down. Uh, you know, I mean, they've got some guys like um, who've shown potential in the past, um, but. Yeah, at certain times, like like a Owen White, Nicole Wynn, um, they're they're young guys. They're going to have to use some of these young guys uh, in the farm system 
to be relievers like pretty much like the Astros did, and those relievers became starters, and that's yep. how the Astros stayed on top for so long. Um, it's how that you were able to manage your budget, your personnel budget, where your future aces were your bullpen, and mm-hmm. they got to learn on the major league level and low pressure. I mean, 162 games in the pen for a year before you enter the rotation is invaluable. Absolutely. And, you know, they got a couple guys like Jonathan Hernandez who they could do some of that, and it, it really is going to be uh, a matter of getting some of those those future potential starters in the bullpen. And then, you know, they've got some young guys. I mean, they've, they've got some guys. I think the first priority for them is to re-sign Jordan Montgomery. I mean, that would be my top priority, right? Correct. But, here, okay, this is, this is what they should run into. When you have DeGrom and Scherzer, you have no more starting pitching money. Uh, it doesn't matter what the rest of it is because they need a bullpen. You're probably mm-hmm. going to maybe need one player offensively because everybody has one hole. You don't have any more starting pitching money. You have DeGrom and Scherzer. And you have Evaldi signed for next year, too. So you have Dane Dunning, John Gray. Uh, you know, Haney's not going to be back. Oh, it's heartbreaking. I think the Rangers, if they could put it together with everything they have, they should do what the Astros did uh, two years ago. Not this year, but a six-man rotation would be brilliant for the Rangers. Yep, you're exactly right. And especially, you know, when you look at the potential of getting DeGrom back in in August, you don't know what he's going to be like. I mean, he could be as good as Verlander. Or he could be, you know, as bad as Scherzer was. Oh, yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, as unpredictable as Scherzer was, Scherzer was pretty darn good when he was healthy in the regular season for the Rangers. Yes. But you know, then the age. I mean, you can't keep beating Father Time unless you're Justin Verlander, I guess. But uh, you know, eventually Father Time wins that game, wins that battle, right? Oh yeah. Quick text message, Uh, Louis. What city is the Rangers parade being held? Arlington, Arlington, Arlington. It's in yeah. Arlington. So. Yeah, it's going to finish in the ballpark, too. So, it's, uh, I saw the map. Um, yeah, it, it, the last time Dallas-Fort Worth had a parade was 2011, so it's not like they're real experienced in this. Um, <laughs> that was the Mavericks in downtown Dallas. And, of course, the Mavericks won it in the summertime, so it was 185 degrees that day. I, I did not bother to go to that parade. Hard pass, but you'll be at this one. Can't wait to hear about it next Thursday. Rusty, before I let you go, A&M at Ole Miss, the Rebels, number 11 to the college, according to the College Football Playoff Committee. Rebels, with the games they have left, if they don't beat A&M, this season will fall apart at the end. Probably still finish 9-3, and three, no worse than 8-4, and four, but... The Rebels have seen themselves, oh, last year, fall apart towards the end. Lane Kiffin seems to have an edge on the Aggies, but he was very complimentary. I don't know if you heard this, but he said A&M is the greatest 5-3 and three team of all time with talent everywhere on the field that they bought. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's always got some kind of dig, doesn't he? I mean, the guy's just, uh, I, I don't know. I, I think he just loves playing against Jimbo. I, do you get that sense? Yes. Like I said, Jimbo, I think, has some kind of edge on Saban because yep. A&M's played Alabama way closer than paper says and beat them more than paper says. So Jimbo has something that's an edge on Saban. Kiffin has something on Jimbo. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Um, regarding that game, Lou, I can't go against what I've what I've been going by. I mean, I didn't expect A&M to beat Tennessee uh, because I hadn't seen it 
since 2014. A&M has not gone on the road and beaten a ranked team since 2014. So history tells me they're not going to win this weekend. Uh, and so as much as I would like to say, man, this could be the biggest win of the year for a and um, I just don't see it. I can't. They are who they are who they are. Wow, is that like Denny Green? They were who we thought, or is that uh, something the, like that? The former something Colts like coach, but... playoffs, playoffs, yeah. yeah, yeah, something like that. No, I just can't go against the historical trends there. You know, I've done it too many times, and I've like, you know, I even picked a And M last week minus fourteen. I picked them at Tennessee. Just you'll know, I, 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 and I still look at that game and would pick them. They, they should have beat Tennessee, but that's hey, it's in the past. I'm over it. I'm okay. Um. And that's what kind of aggravates me about the A&M team this year. They should have won at Tennessee. Mm-hmm. They should be so much. I mean, their talent is so far superior to Ole Miss. It's not even close. Ole Miss is a transfer school, transfer portal school. A&M's top well, number four composite. And and yet, and yet, it just, oh, my eyes starting to twitch. I know. I mean, it, it, they should have beaten Alabama. I mean, they really, if you go back and look at it... I don't think Aggies are giving Alabama enough respect. Alabama adjustments at halftime yep. were not just superior, but brilliant. And and those those adjustments have led to the rest of the year they're having. You know, they're ranking up 40 points a game now on people. Alabama, I mean, yeah. they turned a corner against A&M. Of course they did. Yeah, of course they did. You know, and I'll go back, because I mean, I, I called you and Dusty after the game last week. And we talked about this. That, yeah, it should have been a touchdown. I mean, I don't know what the official needs to see to, you know, the foot, he clearly dragged the foot. I mean, you can't have replay and take all that time and then not make the call. But at the end of the day, the A&M still went through the entire month of October without scoring a touchdown in the second half. I mean, of any of its games. And they've got five field goals. That's it. And they got three of those last week. So you manage a field goal against Alabama and a field goal against Tennessee. I mean, we're talking about going in the half and making adjustments, right? Alabama did it. A&M didn't. And A&M still really hasn't. Uh, they were okay against South Carolina. Quarterback sneak, not... baby. A yeah. bye week and six seasons later, A&M has a quarterback sneak. I, You know what? And they called a timeout to get a late score in the first. Yeah, but, but I yes. fell off the couch on that one. I sat there and went, and, and okay, oh, I don't know if I'm sure. Okay, I've seen the end days for coaches, right? Yeah. One of the first things they do is start actually coaching in reaction to criticism. Great coaches don't care what fans say. They don't care what media say. They don't. They it, No, they never have. And Jimbo did things, and I went, oh, I, he I guess he's hearing us. But that's not a good sign. Show, Lou? No. Well, no. You kidding me? I got like eight people that listen. Uh, that's not true. That's not true at all. But I, I uh, think it's fairly true. But you know, my point being, seeing G- Jimbo do some of these things, I almost felt was a baddish sign in the context of why is he listening to the fans and stuff? Because that quarterback sneak, like he could have put it in any week at any time. But yeah. why did he choose now? Because it's a game that they were going to win blindfolded against South Carolina. He's he chose now. Because he was tired of hearing people talk about it. And it just pisses me off further that that's why they're running it versus, hey, we've struggled. He could have done it at the end of the first month. They knew they struggled in short yardage. Yep, absolutely. 
But it took a month later, but we found out, and if you watch, Jimbo's been slow to react to everything. So maybe I'm full of garbage, and it really just did take him two months to put it in. You know what, Lou? It's frustrating. It's just like, like I said, calling you after the game, it was like, even in, like, a win, they can leave such a bad taste in your mouth. Sometimes, I mean, it's just like with the, the little things that they, it's like the first quarter, lose. Like, they didn't even show up. How do you go, how do you go with your off week and then you come out like in that flat in the first quarter? I don't, I don't, I don't get it. See, Rusty, you're talking about the things that make me a bad person. You know, I'm not allowed to have these thoughts because yeah, they scored 30 points and they beat them by three score. You know, yeah, look at the bigger picture. Look at how year six and things. And why did it take until the sixth year and a bye week to insert a quarterback? So, so Lou, you know, you you know, and I'm you're very much like this. But you know, I spent 17 years working for 12th Man Magazine. Yeah. So. I, it was more PR than it was true journalism. So yeah, I didn't have to pretend like I was not biased. I was. I am very biased. I'm a huge Texas A&M fan, <laughs> and I'm not afraid to admit it. And I'm, okay. I'm I'm as biased as any person who's ever had a you know journalism degree could be. But I can also sit there and tell you, <laughs> reality wise, this is underachieving. And this is no, this is not it's not good enough, and so that's the way I feel like you feel too. I feel it's like, like it's underachieving for no reason. Some right. of these things are so fundamental and broken. Like they need a wide receiving core, the talent of wide receivers that have come through here, but they can't be developed because you're using that spot for an elite recruiter, and mm-hmm. they never get better at blocking in three years. They never get better at the routes in three years, and it's all because they're not being coached for three years at that position. And I just want to bang my head on the counter. I know. I mean, we've been talking, and Jimbo's been here for six years, correct? I believe this is year six. We're in year six, yes. So I'm bad with math. Five, so in up, so. five of those years, Lou, we've been talking about this offensive line. I mean, as a disappointment. You're five right. Five out right. of six. You're dead on right. And we should stop now before, like, you know, I throw the phone. Like, <laughs> I'm with you, brother. Out of the, the trail Because to me, that's the part, I'm going to say it one last time, that's so frustrating. So much of this is so basic. Mm-hmm. I can't believe okay. we're having conversations about quarterback sneaks. I, I, I know. Really? Just really? And, and, and in six years, the whole data, nothing changes. He hired an offensive coordinator to actually run his offense, not to bring in an offense. That's fascinating, isn't it? Yes, indeed. No doubt about it, brother. Rusty, have an amazing time at the parade. I cannot I tell you it. how happy I am for you and for Chip and my other Ranger fans I know. You guys... It, it, it being just a sports fan in general, the moments are priceless, precious, and rare and joy. Well, I certainly appreciate it because you know how dark we've wandered and, and how long we've been suffering. Peace, brother. Travel safely. Party well. See you, buddy. Rusty Burson hanging out with us on the Smoothie King Hotline. It is, it is a Thursday thing, one to one thirty. I just can't wait for all the text messages to roll in. Lou, you're negative. You're mean. Why aren't you talking better about my Aggies? Just light up the Texas Mobile One Lube Express inbox. I do, for a moment, Smoothie King. There's two of them that I use because they have the drive-thru. So you can download the Smoothie King app, and then when you use the drive-thru, quick, easy, convenient, Smoothie King. That's the world I want to live in. 
So order your smoothie in the app. Then you can check out the Smoothie King in front of the HEB at the corner of Holloman in Texas or the Smoothie King at Rock Prairie in the Bypass next to Baylor Scott and White because they got the drive-thru. I don't know if anybody's kind of picked up on the theme of uh, the music we've been jamming to all day long because it was Pearl Jam in hour number one, Nirvana hour number two, and Soundgarden in hour number three. And with me saying it in a row out loud, you can kind of pick up it's yeah, 90s grunge. And I have, of course, my radio in my car. I listen to The Zone 80 to 90% of the time. I have Sirius XM because my music is not represented in this town. I, I want to listen to rock and roll. I want to listen to all kinds of rock and roll, not just one. And uh, on Sirius XM, they had a couple. And again, this is me, rock and roll. Look, other formats, genre of music are beyond represented in, in our market. Candy 95 is maybe the, one of the best radio stations you will ever listen to, ever. And for the Christian music, Peace 107, I cannot tell you how much people love them. I'm talking about Brian and Ann and, and what they do and the, the spiritual sharing and the music and what the music means to them. We have here, Brian Broadcasting, we have amazing, our Willie format and Willie old school country. And I mean, Hank. Johnny Cash, uh, Marty Robbins, because we got Willie 97.7. We got Maverick, and Maverick is uh, more of the modern country. So we have amazing stations, but I'm talking about specifically for me, just rock and roll. And I just remember driving in this morning, and it was so perfect. I don't know a more perfect sequence even I played for myself, but it opened up the sequence with Pearl Jam wish list going into Nirvana, all apologies. And then Soundgarden, you know, when I chose to live or the, when I just, the day I lived it, I'm no, I'm missing up one word. Doesn't matter. And, and no one plays them three together yet. That's the Mount Rushmore of that era. And none of them were a cuts, but they didn't go for F cuts. Cause I'm probably turning off Sirius XM this week. Cause I can't find my rock and roll, which is why I add them, but they also piss me off. Cause I get, you know, deep cuts, but when all you play sometimes is deep cuts, I don't need the 28th best song that Squeeze ever did. I literally just look up and go, why? You never play the top three, but yet you'll play the 28th best in a rotation. So, sorry, a music musing, a music rambling. What else is new? I ramble. Before we take a timeout, some quick baseball news and notes. Craig Council has entered the Astros' radar in the managerial search. If they were hiring Espada, it wouldn't take too long. As long as Espada doesn't take another job, the Astros can always go, eh, we might as well. I wonder if this is another example of Crane. He knew Espada was everyone's. Therefore, if Espada gets hired, it's not seen as his. And if Crane is still just stamping himself on the organization, and that's why they haven't announced Espada. But if I'm Espada and they interview 15, 20 other people, right? Do I want this Astros job that I've waited for for three years at the end when everyone else is going to offer them their job too? 
news and notes miscellaneous as we head down the stretch. I want to thank a group of you know businesses, people in Bryan College Station wanted to make sure we had the Texas Rangers on the zone, the World Series games, because we had all of them and we were going to have every single one of them here on the zone, 11.50 a.m. and 93.7 FM. CC Creations, Jeff Paradowski, attorney at law, Benford Insect Control, and Ed Phillips Plumbing stepped up, stepped in, and said, yes, we want the Rangers on the zone. We want the Texas Rangers World Series games. And ESPN Radio allowed me, Louis Bellina, program director of the zone, to make that happen. But CC Creations, Jeff Paradowski, attorney at law, Benford Insect Control, Ed Phillips Plumbing, they're the ones that stepped up. They're the ones that made it happen. So I want to say thank you. Another baseball miscellaneous thought. Game one, lowest watched game one of a World Series ever. Game two and three are the least watched on record ever. Who cares? If you're a Rangers fan, who cares if 10 people watched if you're one of them? This lowest rated thing ever, there's a lot of factors in it. Nobody watches TV anymore. People watch streaming. People have YouTube TV. There's so many different alternate ways other than I have my cable or I have uh, rabbit ears on the roof and that's how I watch network television. Network television has nothing to offer but sports. So they're not even worth keeping on. So there's a lot that plays into this. And But you're like, Lou, it's the lowest viewed ever. Because this will be the least watched World Series ever. And it's still going to be like 8.5 mil. It's still going to dominate every night it was on in the ratings and rankings. So who cares? Understand the times we live in. But And look, I'm pretty sure Astros first World Series, it wasn't lowest ever, but like lowest 10 ever. It, it was in the same zip code. And I just kept going, and, and, and. And I don't care. So if you're a Rangers fan, who cares? Like, seriously. All that matters is, A, they won, and B, you watched. If you were the only one and their rating was a 0.00001, all that matters is you watched. I'll be back, and we got to wrap up Thursday on the Louis Bellina Show. I'm live inside the Charles Schwab Studio. All right, we're wrapping things up. We're heading down the stretch. And again, the the triple header of Pearl Jam Hour 1, Nirvana Hour 2, and Soundgarden in Hour Number 3. I've seen Pearl Jam three times. Should have been four. Missed one of the concerts I was supposed to go to. Seen them in many different formats, and they are just simply phenomenal. Never got to see Nirvana, but I've seen the Foo Fighters three times. Yeah, okay. And I saw Soundgarden twice. Once, small club in Houston. Didn't know who they were. And then left going, holy. And then I saw them open up for Guns N' Roses. Which, by the way, the Soundgarden Guns N' Roses doubleheader is still one of the greatest concerts I've ever been to. Like, that was rock and roll. Mike in Deer Park hit me up with a text message I do want to share. He said, um, I need to click it. Mike in Deer Park said, so why... Could I not get the World Series games on Alexa? It just had the ESPN talk show. Um, 
The World Series games are on the zone, 11.50 a.m. and 93.7 FM. The promo that you've heard throughout the day, when I talk to you about it, that's the information we distribute. We do not stream ESPN Radio World Series. They own their own streaming rights, and so they don't let anyone else do it. That's why when you used Alexa, you heard an ESPN talk show because any any affiliate, any radio station, anyone that played the World Series from ESPN Radio had no uh, streaming rights at all. One last text message. The Renaissance Festival commercial remind, reminded me to thank you for the tickets. I called in a couple of weeks ago and won. Look forward to my family's first trip out there. Tom, have a phenomenal time. I've said I'm a big fan of the RenFest and, you know, people like to, oh, poke fun at me over it. Don't give a flip. I take friends out there. We drink together. We listen to the music together. Catch a couple comedy acts. It's a great day out of town. God, for me, Sea Devil Tavern, Pirates of Bedlam, it's musical act. Cranock, musical act. And then you hear, listen to Sound and Fury. And again, and you're just spending the day with your friends. It works for me very well. And Alan Ward of Brigadoon Brewery's out there, who's a really good friend of mine, too. I got to go. This has been the Louis Bellina Show, presented by b Automotive and Superior Auto Service. I am back tomorrow at 11. Tonight, Brian High wraps up the regular season at 7 here on The Zone. Peace, everybody.